Like if you were a small yoga studio in mm-hmm. I don't know downtown Seattle, and you were on Class Pass, you're probably going to get a good bump of people because they're technology focused. There's younger people that probably are using uh, Class Pass to find you, but then you're not making as much money because they're not you know you're you're adding a middleman there. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, what is your ideal workout? Uh, one where I don't do anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest, I think ideal workout for me is one where after I'm done, I feel like kind of if I don't do anything else for the rest of the day, I feel like I've accomplished something. You know what I mean? Like I like morning or early workouts. In college, totally. I used to like try to work out in the morning and then just feel like, hey, I've kind of like used up all my energy yeah. for the day. And then like peak my Jeff. brain can work. You accomplished it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally feel you. And like my, my mental model there is like, because some people, I because I, I, I prefer to work, actually work out in the afternoon. I feel like that's when I get the best workout. But I feel like if I don't work out in the morning, it never happens. And so I'd rather have a 60 to 80% workout 100% of the time versus like a 60% or 100% workout, you know, half the time. Yeah, so get it's what like you can totally you know, do what you can sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, today's show, we're talking about ClassPass, which is an online workout subscription service. Yeah, ClassPass is pretty cool. I know that I haven't personally used the tool or the software, but my wife has and she raved about it. So ClassPass, as Jeff mentioned, it's a subscription service for fitness and health related services. And I think the health related services is, is newer because I just saw, I just knew it as fitness. So I was surprised to see that when I was researching. So how it works is customers pay a monthly subscription and they get access to multiple gyms in classes that are in your area that are on the class pass platform. So I, I think it's a really, really cool way if you're a customer to just try new types of different fitness from, you know, anything from like rowing to, you know, yoga to cycling to spinning. There's even boxing gyms. And I know when I was in Seattle, there was actually a stretching gym. So like a gym that was just dedicated to stretching related huh. <laughs> workouts, which was, I don't it's know if they're nice. still around because that was 2019, but <clears throat> very niche, but I feel like that's a perfect workout for me now, (laughs) to be honest. Someone else stretches you. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I mean, I totally see the value of like getting stretched out after a really hard workout, but I feel like your target customer or the number of target customers is probably pretty small. It's me. It's just an old, like, you know, (laughs) mid thirties guy whose bones and joints don't work the same anymore. That's imagine how you feel when you're 40, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the end is the end is near question. We mark? should make sure that our <laughs> listeners are not getting like, <laughs> feeling uh, targeted right now in this, in this conversation. <laughs> right. As I mentioned, there's also health related services. So there's actually salons and spas that participate. So hmm. if you want to go get a massage, you can you can go do that, or even something fancy like cryotherapy, which is really cool. Oh. And I I would love to try some of that stuff. Like there's some really interesting like health related services that I've always wanted to try, but it's super expensive and inaccessible. So if there's, you know, those services in my area, I might actually give this a try. But uh, to talk through what the customer experience is like, so you sign up for a monthly plan. Uh, there's a huge variety of monthly plans that you can buy that ClassPass offers, and you essentially get credits. So you use these credits at various different facilities in individual classes. So 
One important call out is that one credit is not one class, which is interesting. I, I think before it used to be like when my, my when my wife was doing this back in Boston and gosh, this was probably 2016. It was, I think it was a one for one. It might've been credit-based, but the classes that you enroll with the credits cost different amounts of credit. So for example, in the example that ClassPass gives, um, gym time, you know, just getting access to go to a gym might be a single credit. It works out to roughly $2. I'll get into that in a little bit on how much each credit costs, but it's basically two bucks to go to the gym. For a class like meditation or a bar class, that might be three to four credits. So you're looking at six to $8 there. And then more advanced credits like health work, like the cryotherapy that I mentioned, or even prenatal yoga might be anywhere from seven to 12 credits. So all the way up to like 24, 25, $30 for that specific class, which I think is interesting that they have it that way. And I actually like it that way. It's like super transparent and it also feels more accessible. It opens up the pie for, you know, the number and types of different companies and or sorry gyms and fitness studios and health studios that can participate in this so it's not just like a one for one and also i think it's more flexible for customers you know you don't have to just do oh shoot i only have one class i'm only going to go to my you know crowd therapy classes through class pass because it's just that's where i'm getting the most value it, it, it mm-hmm. splits things out a little bit nicer one of the questions that i wanted to answer is why does this make sense for the average gym goer like the for customers and i think before this for a lot of people, the customer experience for gym goers is kind of broken. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. especially if especially if you're super casual. Like, I just think back to like the Planet Fitnesses of the world, or the I don't even know if Gold's Gym is a good way. Like the Fitness Nineteens, where it's like mm-hmm. super low barrier to entry in terms of dollar. It's like 10 bucks or 20 bucks a month. And you see all mm-hmm. this like marketing that happens in December where it's like, you know, the new you in January <clears throat> and yeah. you get locked into this like year long contract that you can never escape from. And it's like, this is, and they're basically counting that you'll never go to the gym. So like, they're going to get the $120 from you for that year. Upfront, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're stuck in, or even like, I remember like the whole sales pitch when I was in Boston, trying to go to like the Boston sports club, which was, the sports club has like, I think they have the Washington sports club in DC and the New York sports club in, in New York. But this, it was not transparent at all. It was like, you know, you have to pay an $80 upfront fee just to like enroll. And then it's a six month contract that enrolls and they're like, it's a good deal because you don't have to pay the subscription fee. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I just want to, I just want to go work <laughs> out and like occasionally have access to, to all this stuff. So I didn't like that about the gym. So I think ClassPass has something here. You know, they're they're really simplifying the customer experience to just say, hey, I want to try a bunch of different things and I'm going to pay you dollars and you're going to give me some credits that it's like, I know how many credits. It's, it's a lot more transparent. And then the other question I wanted to answer was, why does this make sense for businesses? I think it's a really cool channel just to increase your sales. And I don't know if this is true for every business because it might actually weaken your subscription base. I think part of the idea of why you have these year-long subscriptions is to lock your customers in um, and have that guaranteed recurring revenue. So I could see this also going the other way for businesses where they might be hesitant to join a class pass because, you know, their average member might just might not spend as much money there. I don't know what what your take is there, Jeff. Like, how do you think about if it's good for businesses or or bad? I see both sides there. Yeah, I think like ultimately these aggregation companies always take a rake, right? If you look at yeah. gig yeah. economies, like where it's not as good, but like DoorDash, for example, like everyone always complains that the restaurants like take a bath and they don't really get a ton of money, but they also don't have the infrastructure. So they're kind of stuck in this really tough place where in order to get 
you know, drivers on demand, they kind of have to pay the Piper and the Piper is going to be the DoorDashes of the world or Uber Eats of the world. And in the same case, like ClassPass acts as that sort of like aggregator. They're bringing, the value that they're bringing is they're bringing you customers mm-hmm. uh, and bringing you people to your door that you may not uh, have gotten otherwise. And so I think it's tough. Like, yeah, they obviously offer that, but y- you take a lot less profit as like the small mom and pop. Like if you were a small yoga studio in, mm-hmm. I don't know, downtown Seattle, and you were on ClassPass, you're probably going to get a good bump of people because they're technology focused. There's younger people that probably are using uh, ClassPass to find you. But then you're not making as much money because they're not, you know, you're you're adding a middleman there. Yep. So I wonder, like, if there's something where maybe you do this sort of, I won't call it under the table, but like maybe you come in with ClassPass and then afterwards you're like, hey, if you book with us directly, then you get these discounts and it's slightly cheaper for the user and way better for the actual small business. Maybe that's a good way forward. But totally. what's, I think ClassPass kind of combats that a little bit with the variety. So what, what you mentioned that was really interesting is that oftentimes when people choose a type of fitness, they choose one. Like you, yeah, you're like, you're oh, stuck. I'm only going <laughs> to, I'm only going to pick a place that has weights or I'm only going to pick a yoga studio or I'm only going to pick a, you know, like a, a spin class or something like that. Um, so kind of like, it's like, what I like that they, they've done here is they've kind of given you this commodity of credits, like this interchangeable credits totally. that you can use towards like trying out a bunch of different things. The problem that I have with it is that credit system is very much a way, it's very much like the chip system in Vegas. Like they're trying to make it a little bit opaque so that you're not quite sure what you're spending on when you're going to some of these places. Like what does 10 credits mean? Like you, it's totally. hard to equate those to dollars. It's just like fun points <laughs> so i think that's <laughs> where points. yeah i think that's where it's a little bit hard but um yeah i think overall i like the idea like hey if i'm someone who is, i'm not quite sure how to kind of build a custom fitness plan for me i want to try some things maybe a little bit of yoga here maybe I do some weightlifting, and then every once a month i go to cryotherapy to kind of uh, recover like th- this is a pretty cool idea so i think if you're one of those people and to your point like someone who doesn't want to commit because they're not sure yet this this is like a pretty flexible plan for you. So yeah, absolutely. I also want to talk about like something else that fitness clubs do. Like for example, like 24-hour fitness in the Bay Area, they offered like this two-year, I think it was a two-year deal with like Costco. So you save a bunch of money, uh, but you have to what? pay up front. What a channel strategy. You get a gym membership at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh so you God. save like, I think you save like a couple hundred dollars over two years, but then it's basically $200 or two years of upfront cost i think it's like i can't remember how much money it's it's an insane amount of money um yeah so yeah you pay up front seven hundred dollars uh, and they lock you in and then basically like if you ever decide that you don't want to be with uh 24-hour fitness again you have you have to wait until two years to decide so. yeah you don't have 24 hours to to, to escape yeah, exactly you're stuck mm-hmm. that's super interesting i yeah I, I think like i think it does a couple things like the class pass i think it pushes a better customer experience at a lot of these gyms where it's like, Hey, you're for these customers, like you might leave or like your existing customer base. If they know that they can just go to this, like if fitness is now fungible, cause like it's been creditized or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. Um, now you, now your customers can go anywhere. Like now there's like a, a sense of like, Hey, I want to really build a community for my gym. I want to make sure that everyone here like feels welcome and that they're going to stick with me because this is like the best like place to be. And I think for like, 
I think this reality that we're in isn't going away, you know, like the gig economy or just like the subscription based thing. So I think it's forcing these businesses just to, to think about how to operate in this. Cause I think there's, so, you're still going to have like your customers that are going to go to only your gym, but I think there's going to be this whole like new normal of that. You're going to have people that float. And so how do you have the best experience to capture them mm. and continue to capture them? So yeah, su- super interesting. And, you know, I think time will tell and talking a little bit about the business model of class pass. So they make money in three different ways. So the three buckets is through subscriptions, enterprise relationships, and late fees. So as I mentioned, this is a subscription service. So ClassPass has pretty fine segments for their pricing. So the five different packages that I got, and I don't know if I get this, and Jeff, you might see something different online, but <laughs> they had a $19 one, a $29 one, a $79, $159 one, and a $200 credit or $200 per month. And so you get a varying amount of credits, like from eight credits with the $19 all the way up to a hundred credits for the $200 a month package. And so what it comes down to from a volume, you know, the more credits you buy, the cheaper the credits become. So at the most expensive is like the cheaper end of the the first one, the $19, you're only getting eight credits. So that works out to about $2.40 per credit. Whereas if you maximize that to the high end of $200 $200 a month for 100 credits, that's about $2 per credit. So you're saving 40 cents per credit or about 20%. So they are like giving you that 20% discount, like the more that you buy, <clears throat> which makes sense. And then off of this revenue, so like, let's say like you are Jeff, you are Mike, and you're paying $200 a month to ClassPass. ClassPass is keeping about 5% of that as a commission. And then the rest of that is going to the gym. So in the $200 example per month, ClassPass is keeping, keep me honest here, Jeff, $10. Yes, I got that math right. Um, <laughs> simple math. <laughs> um, it's the weekend when we're recording. So cut me yeah. some slack. Um, <laughs> on, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so they get their $10. ClassPass gets their $10 a month and then the gyms will get the other thing. But I think the interesting thing is you can roll over credits, but there is a limit to that rollover from my understanding. Mm. So those unused credits, I'm sure ClassPass is also banking on in their in their financial financials. The second bucket, uh, which is a little bit more opaque for me to like to really peel the layers back, but it's enterprise solutions. And I think this is probably Mm. a huge business for them. I know some of the customers that subscribe to ClassPass or offer ClassPass as a benefit or perk to employees is Under Armour, Google, Morgan Stanley. So really big companies in different industries that are offering this as a cool benefit. I I like this from a user or from an employee benefit perspective. It's really cool. You know, it's like, hey, I work at Morgan Stanley and now I get, you know, let's say a hundred credits through ClassPass so I can work out. But if you're working at Morgan Stanley as an investment banker, I don't know if you have time to work out. <laughs> so, but that's a, <laughs> that's a whole different story, but that's I have no idea. That's why they offer the perk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to use it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a nice, but again, it's like marginal because investment bankers, I have no idea what they're pulling in. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. But yeah, I have no idea how much revenue that the enterprise uh, solutions are humming, but I have to believe that that's profitable and that's a really easy way to grow your customer base pretty pretty quickly and then the third bucket i mentioned is late fees this just makes sense i think it's just a good economic incentive where if you don't show up to a class class pass not only keeps the credits but they also penalize you 15 dollars for, for not showing up and i think this is um, a good way to save face with the businesses that they're working with and the gyms mm-hmm. that they're interfacing with because that just kind of like ruins the you know 
could potentially ruin the experience for for business owners and sink the platform. So so that makes sense. I imagine that they don't want to have to rely on late fees. Like that's why we don't have Blockbuster anymore. Maybe question mark <laughs> if you're relying on late fees as a business. But it, it's I think it's just a necessary economic incentive that you have to have. But that is long story long of what ClassPass is. I did some research into this or I looked into this a little bit about the cancellation fees. And I, I don't know if they used to be 20 and now they're 15 or vice versa. They're 15 and now they're 20. The point is that they have cancellation fees. I do think there's an interesting angle here, though. So I, I'd imagine that ClassPass is like, oh, this is good for you. Like this is There's some financial stake here where you don't want to be missing classes. Otherwise, you're going to be paying out of pocket and you have mm-hmm. some... You're putting some uh, accountability on the line uh, in the terms of dollars <laughs> in to, to make it to where, you know, you're going to want to show up. Otherwise, you're going to be paying a bunch of money. So, yeah, I, I, I do think it's interesting. It's pretty hefty um, in terms of like the, the price, but you're basically reserving a spot. And then, you, you know, you're basically it'd be really tough for a small business that has like a class size of 10 where you're taking up a tenth of their class size and you just don't show up and so they don't really get anything out of it which which would suck right so this is more for the business side of the the marketplace to to be able to hook in and say yeah i want to i want to be in the platform totally um so let's talk about how class pass came to be in 2011 it was founded by payal um karakia which was a um an mit grad she spent like an hour looking for an open ballet class in new york city and at the time she was you know kind of fed up with her corporate job, decided that she wanted to start a company and gave her 14 days, gave herself 14 days to, to come up with an idea to start her own company. And this is how ClassPass kind of came to be. So the idea was to make kind of like a search engine and reservation system for fitness classes to kind of aggregate all these different things together. I think this is very interesting because like for someone like me, I would have never have thought to look for a, a single class. Like I've never been like a class taker. Like I, I didn't go to like like Zumba classes or whatever, um, <laughs> and 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 go and participate in those. I, I always just like subscribe to the facility, and then I would just like figure out a workout or come up with something like that. But but also, I was never one to like try, you know, not uh, uh what am I called? I, I never really tried like these like alternative workouts like yoga or you know Pilates or anything like that. So I think this is where people like that that are trying to like again like string together a bunch of different fitness activities together into their own workout plan. This is where it's a lot more helpful. So in 2012, she, you know, had a small team and actually launched this product as Classivity, which is funny. Like, it's funny how the trend of names kind of changes over time. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they rebranded in 2014 as ClassPass. So Classivity wasn't wasn't cutting it. Um, in the early days, they tried selling a better registration system to fitness studios uh, so this is more like an enterprise tool to get the studios to you know help help register people and classes and kind of be that one stop shop. But then they actually swapped to like this package deal. So forty nine dollars for ten classes, and I think they attributed this to the success of Groupon, where they were kind of buying like these package deals as well, which I also think is interesting. So Groupon at the time was a lot more successful than it is now. Yeah. Um, but ClassPass is still persisting. Like it's still a successful product. Uh, maybe because it's more niche, where Groupon just kind of spread themselves thin, and they're kind of like an every. Ooh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like a deal for everybody, and they they weren't able to kind of double down into one vertical. Totally. They never won one specific thing. They were yeah. like fighting way too many battles. Uh, yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody told me this um, analogy of like kicking a hundred soccer balls, which I love. So it felt like kicking a hundred soccer balls for, for Groupon instead of, um, you know, kicking one towards a goal. Anyways, uh, they, you know, they, they wanted to kind of build this enterprise tool registration system for studios. Didn't quite work. Uh, ended up going towards this like package deal for classes so you can do bulk signups. 
And then, uh, you know, they kind of expanded to a 10 class subscription uh, for $99 per month because people were like, what if I want more classes, less classes? And Mike had already <laughs> talked about the different packages. And as I also mentioned earlier, um, or Mike mentioned, there's a cancellation fee for those. So uh, we talked a little bit about the repercussions for that. So in 2016, or by 2016, there were 17 million reservations on the platform. And by 2017, they had more than doubled to 35 million reservations. So as you can imagine, I don't have numbers for it now, but as you can imagine, it's probably pretty high up there. And this was a pretty successful product. Um, They started doing live stream uh, fitness classes for $15 a month, which I really love. Because oftentimes people kind of complain about, well, what if I'm in an area that doesn't have, like, what if I'm not in New York City? Like where there's like hundreds of fitness studios within like a 10 mile radius. What if I'm in, I don't know, like Des Moines, Iowa or something like, like, or if I'm in an even even smaller city. So this is nice because then you kind of bring uh, scalability to your platform where you can start offering those fitness classes online. People just need an internet connection, a monitor and some speakers and then a room. uh, And then it becomes a fitness studio. So I, I really like that idea. And it's at an affordable rate to where uh, it's kind of cheap enough to where people are like, oh yeah, this is kind of a no-brainer. During COVID, much like other companies, they did a bunch of layoffs uh, because ClassPass has pretty much hung their hat on this business model of like going physically to these fitness studios mm-hmm. and imagine that the, you know they kind of took a, a little bit of a dip in terms of user engagement. And maybe that's around the time that they started the live streaming service. Um, and then kind of recently, as uh, basically a year ago in October 2021, they were acquired by MindBody Incorporated, which I've never heard of before. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, yeah they're, I, they're, I've, I've only heard yeah. of MindBody because like when I've participated in like the, not the spa, but like, yeah, like some, like some spas, like from mm-hmm. a massage booking or yoga booking, um, or even like my gym had used MindBody as like mm-hmm. the platform to schedule your classes on. So that actually, there's a lot of like, I hate synergy, but there's a lot of like overlap <laughs> between the businesses there. That's yeah. what makes, that makes sense. Yeah, but that's uh, that's pretty much the history of ClassPass in a nutshell. Yeah, and so talking about what you mentioned about like in 2019 and like COVID layoffs, so there was a massive drop off of the number of health clubs in the mm. U.S. So like, who ClassPass is for? We can talk about that, but just talking on like the you know number of gyms that are out there. So according to Statista, today in 2022, there's about 32,000 health clubs in the U.S., um, mm. and that's down from. 41,000 health clubs in the U.S. in 2019. Mm. So about 25% of all these businesses closed, which is crazy. So I'm not surprised that they got acquired. And mm-hmm. I'm also like happy that they're able to, to hold on with this. It's just like crazy numbers to see that much of a decrease. And it's actually a decrease in 2020 and then it decreased again in 2021. So I wouldn't be surprised if it plateaus this year in 2022. But I mean, just anecdotally, I know the gym that I go to, We've acquired a ton of new customers and new gym goers because other like gyms around the area have have unfortunately closed down and mm-hmm. they've basically a lot of the members have come over to us. And I think that goes back down to like what a really good gym or in this case, like Satish calls it a health club Um does is really form a sense of community so you can get that routine and people come in because i love seeing the same faces in the class you know that i go to mm-hmm. like every morning yeah. at 7 30 and it's like hey it's like you know like matt's the coach and i'm gonna see lauren there i'm gonna see ramil i'm gonna see jeremy i'm gonna see all these people that like i see like every single day and it becomes this like this thing so like i um i like that and it's almost like the new way you have to differentiate but talking about this cliff in revenue so um in 2019 before the pandemic 
the total revenue from all these health clubs is about $35 billion per year. And now it's about 15 to $20 billion a year. So even though that these there's less clubs, about 20, 25% less, the revenue has dropped even more significantly. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine that a lot of these clubs are like still holding on. So there might actually even be more, uh, more to shake out. And then the last, like, I think mental model and statistic that I'll, I'll share with our listeners is that 74 million Americans were health club customers in 2019, and they had 7 billion visits to 2019, meaning the average person averages like health club 91 times per year, um, which is super surprising to me. That means huh. like, you know, once every three days, someone's going to the gym, which makes sense from like Monday, Wednesday, Friday t- type of deal. But it's also, I don't have any data on like the segments there. I have to imagine that there's like a, it's not a bell curve, but it's shifted all towards the front where you have like maybe a quarter of people that are going five, six, seven times Yeah, a I was going to say like most people that you know don't go to the gym regularly, right? So Totally. Uh, so this means that there's some like heavy power users that go seven times a week. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know how they count this, but like multiple times a day even, you know, like morning yeah. and night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe it, like maybe a good example is like like the YMCA, and like maybe you're a member of the Y, and you go to like lift in the morning, and then you go play mm-hmm. basketball like at, at night or like whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's who ClassPass is for. It's it's really for for health clubs. I think folks that want to just expand this this market and this business. And I think looking forward, I think it's gonna like over the next like there's been so much of a decrease because of COVID. <clears throat> And all these new competitors that you're going to talk about, Jeff, like I think ClassPass is going to be here to, to stay because, you know, I think all these poor businesses have to get scrappy and how they bring in members and, and maintain these members. Yeah. Talking about the competitors, I tried to find ones that were similar in, in terms of like bringing in these like, I guess, like online classes to, to the masses. So Peloton came up. Um, obviously, they're pretty famous, not only for their device, um, which is the actual Peloton bike, but the classes that they're starting to provide as well. There's a couple companies called Gym, Cla- Gym Pass. Uh, there's a Gain Fitness um, Copilot, which is kind of like this online coaching platform. And then obviously, like traditional gym memberships, like Planet Fitness, Equinox, 24-Hour Fitness, etc. The other thing I thought about a little bit too was that you know, when they kind of tried to dip their toes into building this like registration platform, it reminds me a lot of like Envoy, which does a lot of like office facility check-in as well. If you've probably been in a lot of tech companies, they're like using Envoy as their, if you've signed in on an iPad somewhere, you've probably like used Envoy at some point. Um, so that's, that's definitely another, um, another similarity. And then I wanted to also touch on like the trends that you're talking about where there's a dip um, from COVID and then also the rise of not only online classes, but I guess the resurgence of the home gym. So totally, I think a lot of times or like during COVID, like myself, like I built a home gym, I started putting stuff into my home gym, but also like there's device companies that are starting to, you know, spring out of this as well. So like Mirror and Tonal that kind of tote this like one-stop shop, smart workout I guess like I guess I call it a device, but product maybe is a better word. Um, it just reminds me of the Bowflex days, um, <laughs> totally. But like smarter, like a Wi-Fi enabled Bowflex a little bit. But I think <laughs> that's also kind of driving some of this change from moving away from like in-person, totally facility uh, classes to to at home. And that, that's why I think like the gyms that are going to be around are like really going to have to focus on community and adding more value than just like getting a sweat and getting a workout. And it's it's I think to stick around and to keep people from leaving is, is going to be that community. And I think we've, we've reviewed Peloton before on Product Explain. And I think what Peloton does really well is, you know, 
tries to get that network effect where you can like, you know, add your Facebook friends and like subscribe to it and like high five people that are in the class with you. Uh, But I think that's going to be an important thing moving forward for all these gyms. But yeah, we can talk about our thoughts. I'm happy to kick it off. Like I am super bullish on ClassPass because I think it's just my personality of, you know, picking up a million different things and trying different things (laughs) like all at once. So like I'm going to rate ClassPass a, a four point one i think my wife's used it in the past she's she's loved it um i think where i take away a little of the points is that it's a little bit opaque for how many credits that you would need and also because i live in a smaller city in rochester new york um there's not as many gyms that participate in class pass platform so it i don't i here in rochester i don't see a lot of value but at a point like when i used to live in seattle or boston there was a ton of different value because i could pop into you know any different class that i wanted to because more than likely one of those different types of fitness was on the on the class pass um uh platform so it's a great way to get variety so i i really like what they're doing yeah i agree i think um what did you give a 4.1? I'm probably right there with you, like a 4.1, 4.2. I think it's like a really, really interesting business model. I've never really thought too much about building out like, I guess like a customized uh, set of classes that I can go to. But like, because I, I have a home gym, but I've always thought about like, should I try yoga? Should I try cryotherapy? Should I try some of these other things? And um, I'm actually going to give ClassPass uh, a look and see if it's something that's would be interesting for me as well. So I'm going to give it like a 4.2, something I would definitely use. There's definitely a value brought to the users and we'll see about the pricing once I kind of use it a bit more. That is a rave review from Jeff, ladies and gentlemen, a 4.2. It hasn't been this high since Allbirds, um, <laughs> <laughs> but cool. Well, those are our thoughts on ClassPass and we'd love to hear from your audience. So like all those engagements, you know, like when you reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, or any of the social media platforms that you can find us, it it means a ton to us. And so please continue to, to engage with us. It also helps us to, you know, rise to the top so other people can discover discover us. But you can find us at Products Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, one Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.